All right, welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, joined this week, as always, by Calvin. Um, no special guests this week, just me and Calvin uh, breaking it down for you. We've got a lot to talk about. Chelsea, the you know imperative match that we needed to win. We needed to get a good result there. Um, and now what is coming the last five matches of the season. But before we get to any of that, Calvin, how are you doing today? Hey, Gina, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. We were talking before the podcast. I said, I'm not providing any positivity on this podcast today. Every time I seem to provide positivity about where Burnley are and where we are, it seems to go very, very downhill. So no positivity, no good outlooks from me. We'll save that for you, Calvin. But, uh, but there is yeah. some, some positive things to talk about, actually. Um, you know, Everton sure. on Chelsea. This is, you know, Everton, I think since the last time we spoke, Everton fell into the relegation zone behind Burnley. Burnley had won, you know, I think last time I was, you know, we, we did the podcast, we talked about how Burnley had only won four games in their entire season in the 30 games that they played. And then they went on and they won three in a row. Um, so they jumped ahead of us. Leeds fell down into a tie with them. And we currently, going into this match, sat five points back after an impressive, to say the least, as much as I don't want to give them credit for it, an impressive comeback victory (laughs) by Burnley in the final minutes, which seemed to be the theme of football this week with Real Madrid and and City. But um, Everton go into this game five points back, five points back in the relegation zone um, and absolutely needing a result. Maybe not a loss. Yeah, definitely. Or maybe not a win, but definitely not a loss. Um, and they get right. One nothing. Yeah. Um, one nothing. They, they win the match. Uh, Richarlison scores just after the halftime break. Um, and Everton yeah. go on to win one nothing against Chelsea at Goodison. The fans raucous. The, the, the atmosphere was amazing. And you could see it through the TV. Obviously, we weren't there, but we know people. Kevin, who we've had on the podcast multiple times, was there. Um, you know, and everybody just, you know, just seemed like they were very into it. And you could see the players and the fans, um, or, you know, the yeah, speeding off. Know, it. it was more than that, right? Because I think the fans, we'd been talking about, you know, preparing for this game and then welcoming the bus, you know, as the players arrived at the stadium. So it was, you know, unheard of scenes on Goodison Road as you had, thousands of fans cramming the streets. There's just blue smoke everywhere. You, you had to feel it. it was a, I, 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 I can't even imagine what that would have felt like being there. So for the fans who were there, A, good job, guys. Whatever you did, it worked. Let's do it again and again and again because, you know, it, it's, it's definitely providing the players with the lift, the manager with the lift, just the entire club because it was yeah. so easy to just sink into a form of depression as it seems like, you know, but no, I, I think the players matched that intensity. I think the crowd did not let up the whole game long. Yep. I, I think it was interesting when the, you know, when the board went up with seven minutes of time added on, the entire stadium was like, what? What, the, what is going on? I mean, Lampard was like throwing his hands up in the air, but you know what? The fans, the fans persevered and they stuck with the, with the players and loving it. This, this is great, but yeah. Right now, the players need us, and, and we need to be there for them. And, uh, no, the good work from all the fan groups that organize that, let, let's, let's keep promoting that. Let's keep shouting it out. But, yeah, it, it's working. Let, let's keep doing this. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the scenes look like, you know, and, and unfortunately, and as Everton fans, we can say this, um, you know, and, 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 you know, not mean any disrespect, Everton haven't had a scene like that. That seemed like a, a Champions League scene, a big Champions League match or a, a big Europa League match, sure. something where, you know, the team is, is yeah. in a cup final or, or something of the sort. And, um, you know, sure. it, just, it was very, very cool to see. You don't see that often. Um, and just, no. you know, the, the stadium was packed. But let's get to the, um, let's get to the actual match. Uh, Everton lined up. I, I am just pulling it up right here again. Uh, what it, Google has it, and I don't know if this is how it actually ended up being, um, but it has it as a back five with a Wobi dropping into that wing back position, um, and then yeah. Coleman dropping inside with Mina, Holgate, and then Michael Lanko on the opposite end. Obviously, Pickford and that. Yep. Um, and then Gordon, Ducore, Delph, and Gray across that midfield, and then Richarlison up top. Dominic Calvert-Lewin not available to start in this one. Allen on the bench, um, you know, just a couple of Keen on the bench, just a couple of players who we're, we're typically used to seeing um, in, in yeah. that starting lineup. Your thoughts on how Everton lined up in this one? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I, I got to say I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm impressed, but I'm happy um, Lampard, I think Lampard's learning, right? Um, it, it seemed in the beginning of the season, he not beginning of the season, beginning of his time at Everton, he was kind of married to just one formation. But, you know, right now, he, it looks like he's actually changing the formation to depend, uh, depending on who the opponent is and the circumstances and obviously the match conditions, which, which is great. I'm glad to see that. Um, and especially against Chelsea, a team that is so heavily dependent on their wingbacks, and I'll tell you, they're two of the best wingbacks in the game right now, right? Reese James and, you know, Marcos Alonso, these guys are great, great players. So, especially on the attacking front, they're very dangerous. Um, so, I'm glad he didn't try to just blindly mimic that 3-4-3 three, three Chelsea setup because we would have gotten eaten alive, right? So, he, we, we played it safe. You know, it, it's, I'll tell you, the football is not pretty to watch from Everton right now. Um, but it's it's practical and it's getting points and and I think that is the only prerogative right now in this part in this part of the season um, with a, with our circumstances and unfortunately with, with with Burnley continuing to rack up wins who knows where that came from but right so uh, yeah we've got to do whatever it takes and and right now if we are playing like Burnley were playing in the beginning of the season I personally do not care I just yeah. one point and I want survival and we'll worry about the pretty football and formations and all that other stuff next season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and let Lampard actually work with the players without the pressure of relegation on him, as we say, week in and week out, but right. let's just get out of that zone. That's the main thing. Um, but yeah, it does seem like he's mixing things up a little bit. And, and, and like you said, you know, yeah. getting results is the most important thing right now. That's all that matters. Just get the results. Yeah. Um, you know, Burnley, getting results on their own magically without a manager at all. Basically just, they, they just have an interim manager that basically, you know, it's Sean Dyche's staff that's still there. No, I mean, yeah. I don't even know who the interim manager is, um, but they're, they're yeah, as, well, believe it or not, their interim manager is now up for premier league manager of the month for April. Yeah. I mean, kudos to him. He probably deserves it, but what the yeah. heck, right? Yeah. As he should be because of how well they've played. Um, but, you know, going to need to rack up points here. And, you know, 
Uh, we'll talk about schedules and I won't give any, I will just let you guys know the schedules for the, for Leeds, us and <laughs> Burnley. Cause I not give it. Cause last time I did this, I got my hopes up and it, and it just spiraled into a disaster. <laughs> so I won't talk about that, but you know, the first half, um, pretty cagey. Um, Everton yeah. had their chances. Chelsea had their chances. I'm, you know, watching the highlights again here um, just to, you know, refresh the memory again. And um, you know, Everton were able to pick little spots, but couldn't find the net really. Couldn't get, get a good shot on net. They were able to attack that Chelsea defense, put them in difficult positions, um, but yeah. weren't able to capitalize on it. Your thoughts on the first half? Yeah, again, this, this something that seems to have just plagued this team all season long, right? I, I, I think we create the chances, just the finishing is, is, is it's frustrating it's it just it's just not happening for us right um it, it's we, we we make good chances we you know my, my head keeps going back to uh, the you know the last the last time richarlison when he missed i don't know how many sitters in front of goal right against leicester before he finally got what was the most difficult chance of the game and he scored that one right so it just it seems to be a lot of that happening for us this season and again, I, 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 I don't know what the fix is, right? Uh, yeah. Do they need more shooting drills? Maybe they do. Maybe that's the way we break out of this. But honestly, we just need, we, we need to be finishing a lot better. And, and, and this is where the season, has, the season has just been this perfect cocktail of everything terrible that could happen to us has happened, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, all the VAR decisions, non-decisions, whatever you want, indecisions, if you want to call them. Um, it's been the injuries that have just been, you know, off the chain. Um, you know, the manager, whole situation, the formation. I, I think we've, we've pretty much played every single formation in the tactics book this season, right? Um, we've tried five in the back, three in the back, four, 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 two, four, three, three. Just anyone has any other ideas, throw him on right now. So I, I think just given all of what's been going on, uh, the, the, that's, that's the piece that's going to determine it for us right now. Again, our defense is kind of what it is. I don't expect us to suddenly go into shutdown mode and not concede again for the rest of the season. But the forwards, I think that's where the, that's where the games are going to get won or lost, right? If you if you look at Everton's like last few games, right? When when was the last time we scored like m- more than two goals? I, I think it's it's been a long, long time at this point. I can, I can I'm, tell you I'm right now. Quickly, I can tell you right now because I have the sky you know, schedule up. The last time we scored more yeah. than two goals was against. Oh, more than two goals was Leeds. Leeds on, Leeds on, on February, February 12th. 12th. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ridiculous, right? So, uh, again, I, I don't think we're going to win too many games 1 0 like we did against Chelsea. I, I wouldn't have predicted that score, you know, whatever guns you put to my head, right? But. Mm. Uh, we, we need to get at least a couple of goals from here on out. And again, when you look at some of the teams we're playing against in our remaining five games, those are not incredibly impressive defenses, right? You know, Leicester's defense, it's, 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 it's porous, right? They give up set-piece goals. I'm disappointed we didn't come up with a few better set-piece routines when we played them the last time around. Um, again, that game kind of got skewed. We conceded an early goal. You know, things go haywire after that. But Watford, horrible defense, right? Brentford, different kind of challenge, but we're at home for Brentford. 
Same thing against Palace. Palace is not necessarily a great defense. And then Arsenal, again, depending on whether they've got the Champions League sewn up or not, they could they could have a whole other complete lineup play against us. So what we need to do is we need to take care of our business. We need to score more goals, and 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 I think that's the only way we get out of the trouble we're in. Yeah, again, not going to comment on the schedule. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I I I I think I agree with you. I I don't even know anymore. <laughs> but you know, I I think what I will say on the schedule is the next two matches are away, um, and yeah. That's huge. We have to find a way yes. to get points on the road. Point. Yeah, to get points on the road. Absolutely. That's the only way. And, and, and you absolutely, absolutely need a win against Watford. And depending on the results uh, this week, uh, this weekend, because I know Leeds, yep. I believe, play on Sunday with us, but Burnley play uh, on Saturday. Depending on Saturday. the results, yep. um, you may very well need a win against Leicester on the road as well. Um, and, and again, we said last time, hopefully they'll be tired, hopefully, you know, but they didn't seem tired. They managed to get a you know, point, you know, we managed, they managed to, uh, you know, get on us early in they that control match. that game. We were lucky to have a point there at all. So, yeah. yeah. But in fairness, we missed it. Like you said, we missed a fair share of chances, but they did, um, yes. you know, they did control us a lot better than I think a lot of people expected them to after such a long week. And that yeah. week has, has continued into a couple weeks now with, their Europa League, they played on Thursday, so, you know, back-to-back, you know, basically midweek and, and weekend games for the last three or so weeks. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have to jump on them early. And like you said, you got to attack them. We got to find a way to score more than one goal. Um, and, and yep. you know, again, I mean, hey, it, it, it's, it's, you know, just to put things in perspective, I think a lot of people, if you look at the schedule, you know, you say – we probably would have, you probably should have beaten Burnley, right? But then I don't think many people expected yeah. us to beat Man United. And then, you know, no. you know, nobody really expected us to beat Chelsea. You know, it's like, I, no. we're, getting, we're getting some points. Like, if you looked at the schedule before this stretch, you know, maybe a month ago or so, a month or two ago, you would have said, wow, that Man United, Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea stretch is going to be really difficult. Hopefully we can get a couple right. points out of that. Um, and we've managed yeah. to get seven points from 12. Seven, yeah. So that's great. But again, the games we've gotten points from, every single one of them has been at home. So it's, it's a big thing is going to be yeah. getting those points on the road. But back to this um, matchup, back to this, uh, back to this game, um, really the, the difference maker comes in the, in the second half. Um, right at the beginning of the second half. Damari Gray comes across, um, picks the pocket of Cesar Especuleta. Actually, it was Richarlison. Oh, Richarlison who picked his pocket. Damari Gray oh, was actually helping him, and then, yeah. you know, ball popped up to him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the ball popped up to Gray, and Gray kind of tapped it on to Richarlison. Richarlison puts it in the back of the net. Everton score. Um, just really another example of kind of the hustle that the team had and the, yeah, effect absolutely. The, fans, the effect the fans had on the team. Your thoughts on this, um, the only goal of the match. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so, you know, th- th- this, this game and I think this goal was, was all grit. I, I think it was all pressure. Um, I, I, I think we know that's the way to play Chelsea because uh, Chelsea, given time, given space, 
they will pick you apart. You know, they, they play, a, they play lovely short sequential passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've, they've got a lot of talent, right. On the pitch, on the bench. So uh, I, I think Lampard absolutely read that game or previewed that game perfectly. And, and that was the way to beat them. Right. So we, the home crowd obviously made a big difference. We jumped on them. We jumped on them early, you know, did not let up. And, you know, they, 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 they looked frazzled, right? They looked frazzled. I, I don't think the Chelsea, even though the, you know, they were the Champions League defending champions, right? they just haven't, didn't look comfortable playing in that kind of environment under that kind of pressure. And, and yeah, the, again, the goal came was dual reward for the effort that they put in. I think Jordan Pickford talked about it during this week as well. And, you know, we should talk about Jordan Pickford as a whole segment on his own because, holy Lord, he was incredible in that game, right? Yeah, but, and yeah. I was going to get to that. That's what we'll get to next, but continue. Yeah, so, no, I, I, think, I think that was that was Lampard getting his tactics right, getting his team talk right, getting... Just, I, I think the, uh, getting everything right, and I think we got the reward we, we deserved in that one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And, and even just, you know, back on Chelsea real quick, you know, they haven't really looked like themselves since the Roman no. Abramovich stuff has happened and kind of taken over the spotlight yeah. for them. They ha- they've had some ups and downs. They, didn't look, they don't look like the team that they were the first half of the season. Um, but yes, let's talk about Jordan Pickford. He is the star of this match, the man of the match, the reason <laughs> we even had any shots of being in this match. Um, yep. you know, Everton go, Mike Lenko misses a chance at the one end. Everton put their pressure on early in the second half. Second half. But then yeah. Chelsea start to really up things. And Jordan Pickford makes two incredible saves um, really within, you know, probably a couple minutes of each Not other. A minute. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just, I mean, absolutely the star. And, and you know, it, it should be said that, you know, we've obviously on this podcast in previous years had a lot to say about Jordan Pickford. But in this current moment right now, um, you know, and, and in this season, really, and really for the past real season, yeah. season and a half, he has been, um, uh, you know, a very, very solid goalkeeper. And I think it showed again uh, here. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I think we've given Pickford some flack this season, and then I think he remains weak against shots that are low and close to the body. I, I, I think he, he still struggles with that, but when he has time to stretch out, really, I, I think that's where his best saves come from, right? And and if you look at the just the whole dynamism he showed in making that save against Aspilicueta, right? Where he just, you know, ran, ran right across the face of the goal. And, you know, I think, it's, again, one game, one save might be a very small sample size to make a very sweeping determination. But Pickford has, for the longest time, relied on his, like, superior athleticism to make a lot of saves, right? So even when he's caught out positionally, because he does get caught out positionally, I think he's one of those goalies who tends to get happy feet. So if the play is switching from side to side, you know, he kind of, his eyes drift and then his legs start to drift and all of a sudden he's not at the optimum position he needs to be at. And I think what happens, you see, and this is why goalies end up playing well into their 30s is because they get smarter, right? So they learn how to read the game better and then they start to position themselves better so that even as when their body is not able to make the same kinds of saves 
in their 30s. They're, they're kind of thinking the game through rather than just sheer physical presence. And, and I think this is where, I, again, I, I feel it. Uh, just like I said, small sample size, hard to say. But I think he's starting to read the game better. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I want to call out on that save against Aspi, look at what he does. He realizes when he's out of position that the best chance he has of getting across is actually inside the goal. So he's not running outside the goal line or in the front of the goal. He's actually behind the goal line. And then at the very last second, throws his body up and his arms up and he makes that save and the ball doesn't cross the line. And you got to say, I don't know if old Pickford would have done that. Old Pickford would have tried to just come screaming across the goal and dived towards his left to make that save. And so that's, it's like there's some, something going on there. And I think Alan Kelly, the goalkeeping coach for Everton, he's referenced this as well, that, that Pickford is, is starting to think a little more. I think he's starting to calm down a little more. Um, and and, and he, his confidence is just sky high right now, right? Yeah. He makes one save and it pumps him up. It, just watch him after he makes the save, right? He's, he's out there like beating his chest and pumping himself up. And he's a confidence player. And in it, right now, it's going good for him, and it, 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 this is great. We just need to make sure he's mentally prepared to play some of these games. So uh, I think he's doing well, and then that, that's going to be key for us because our defense is going to continue to give up chances. That's, we're not changing that this season. We know that. Yeah, and it's, it's like such a weird thing, right? I mean, um, you know, before Lampard came in and when Rafa was – was the manager. It seemed like we were leaking goals left and right, but we were also finishing really well. We were scoring a lot as well. So that's where we were able, you know, we were losing games like three, two, four, three, stuff like that. Um, Yeah. But since Lampard's come in, it seems like it's been different, you know, and just watching these highlights again, you know, Damari Gray's chance, Michael Lanko's chance, you know, some of those chances are chances that, you know, if we date back to Richarlison at Leicester again, those are chances that we would have finished in the beginning of the season but then again, these goals that we would give up, uh, the, the goals that, that Pickford's saving are goals we would have given up in the beginning of the season. So it's right. such a weird change. It's like we can't do both at the same time. Um, but I like this. I think I like this version a little bit better. <laughs> I would say so, yeah. I would um, say so. <laughs> anybody else who stood out to you? I know, you know, I think something that's going underrated right now is just, you know, how much Fabian Delft's presence in the midfield has, has kind of opened up things for Everton. Um, I think yeah. he's been an important part, and obviously Yerry Mina. I think those two players have mm-hmm. been very key to us. Um, you know, I think Delft's first game back was against Man U, right? Or was it? Yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. So, I mean... I, uh, I, I, was, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think so, and I'll, I'll double-check it, but I, I think that those... I think he's had a tremendous, tremendous presence um, in this team. And then, of course, Yerry Mina has been, has been tremendous. And we know yeah. that. We know that the defense just seems to be a li- that little bit better with him, uh, with him there. So, um, but, yeah, anybody else that you want to point out that uh, really stood out to you? Yeah, so let, let's talk about that midfield, right? Because, you know, I think when Everton were at the lowest point of their slump, right, sort of uh, going the, the Rafa last few days and then some points during uh, uh, Frank Lampard's first few days, right, w- what were we seeing, right? We were, we were Alan and Dokere were the automatic choice for midfielders, right? 
um, everyone else was pretty much injured, right? Or played a game and then got injured or whatever it was. And Alan, at his age, again, Alan's a very smart footballer, but he's never been a stay-at-home defensive midfielder. Yeah. He's always been that N'Golo Kante, a goal hunt for the ball a little further up front. Um, and then the other thing we've seen about Alan is when you, you know, when you grind him into the ground, playing game week after week after week, at the end of the season, his legs are gone. We saw that last year, and we were starting to see that this year as well. And then this year, we saw another worrying thing. We saw the ineffective Dokure, that unheard of term, right? Because Dokure has always been a machine. He's the energizer bunny, right? Up and down, left, right, everywhere. He just follows the ball, gets the ball, does everything. I mean, do you remember early in the season, we were commenting about how Dokure looks free in this new system because he was arriving in the box and, and getting chances and creating chances. And he seems to have been really, you know, ground down as well, because I, I think early this year, February, I, I think we just saw Dokure just being a body in the midfield. And we, we didn't, I, I don't think Everton knew what to do with that situation. So Delph coming back when he did has, has had a big impact, right? It allows us to now sit Alan to give Dokure a break. And, and I think it shows, right? Look at the team now. I would say we have three very effective central midfielders. Delph has been excellent. Again, knock on wood, cross your fingers, all of that. He's as long as he's fit. Um, I, I would still make I would still make him the first name on my team sheet for midfield. But Dokore coming back into form over the last couple of games has been very, very is going to be very impactful for the remaining of the season for us. Because Dokore has he's been our live wire in a lot of ways and and having him back, I think it just recharges the whole team, right? Because I think when, when Dokure is back, if Gordon's out on the right, I think Gordon can, you know, charge forward and stay up front and create more pressure, knowing that Dukes is back there covering him, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing if, 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 if you know, Gordon's on the, on, the, on the left and someone else goes out to the right, whatever it might be, he really helps lock that position down. Mm. And then Alan's actually been pretty good whenever he comes on late in a game too. I, I think he's got that calm head. And so uh, having those three guys, and then I'm going to talk about Tom Davis because we didn't think we were going to have Davis back this season, but Davis has also played very effectively when we have him in a defensive midfield role, when he's yeah. not necessarily asked to create too much, but just get in the way of passes, you know, block shots, do that kind of thing. So I, I think Davis might have a part to play for us this season too. So having these three, four midfielders fit, that definitely helps the defensive side. I think it's shown in the last few games. The, the problem is still up front, right? So again, anytime Delhi Ali wants to take control of a few football games for us, hey, come on down because we need you right now. And same thing for Donny van der Beek. His, his injury issues are a little perturbing right now um, because I think we saw the best of him against Leeds um, in that game. And we would love, we would need that right now, I would say, um, just, just because we need goals. I, I think we need goals and, and we need to find ways to get the best out of Delhi and Donny van der Beek. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry. And he is, you know, just, just real quick. Is he, is he out for this Leicester match? Yeah. Van, yeah. van der Beek is out for this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think also we've seen, um, you know, again, along with that midfield, the emergence of Alex Wobi, he's been terrific under Frank Lampard. Um, yep. He's kind of yep. played a little bit of that that decore role of 
kind of being that up and down the field, box to box type of guy. He, you know, yes, he takes control out of the creative stuff, but he's back on defense, yeah. you know, putting in tackles. So, you know, I, I think he, his efforts should not go unnoticed either. Um, but it'll be Absolutely. interesting. You know, it'll be interesting to see how that midfield lines up. But you're right. It is up top. And, and, and I think the biggest issue that Everton are having, not only being creative, is the fact that not only can Dominic Calvert-Lewin not stay healthy, it's just that when he is healthy or is on the field, he has been largely ineffective in a way that we haven't seen in a few years at this point. Um, and, to you know, he was the beginning of the season before he got injured – he was um, he was lethal. He was lethal. He was scoring. Yeah. You know, he was just getting his head on the ball, doing things, you know. And then since the injury, since coming back, since everything's happened, um, it's it's definitely been a little different. And and I'm not sure in this moment it's even effective to have him in. You know, even if he's healthy for the next match, um, I'm not sure that you want yeah. him starting over Richarlison. I think the way that the top three work with Richarlison, Gordon, and Gray, and, and how that's been kind of moving around, I think that's probably, you know, you want to stick with that and then have a Wobie in that midfield and and then go, you know, and, and Delph and, and go from there. Um, and I might I might have some radical ideas around that. So let's talk about that when we get to Leicester. But well, let's yeah, no, let's, I think you're absolutely right about Iwobi. But yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's uh, take a quick break. Uh, unless you got anything else you want to talk about, you want to wrap this game up? Yeah, I think we're right. good. Awesome. Yes. So after this game, Everton find themselves still in 18th, but two points back of the uh, of the relegation zone. Um. And, uh, you know, looking up with a couple matches ahead, and we're going to talk about a couple of those matches that are very important coming up after this break. All right, we're back, and we're talking about Leicester versus Everton, which is going to take place um, uh, at uh, Leicester's, um, Leicester Stadium, which I can't remember. What is it, the King's Park? Or? King Power, the King Power Stadium. Yeah, King Power, Yes. King Power Stadium, um, Leicester, a couple facts on this match. Um, it will start um, – oh, sorry, I have the wrong – I'm like, why is this not popping up? Um, I have the wrong matchup. It will happen on Sunday, May 8th um, at 9 a.m. over here on the East Coast, which I believe is 2 p.m. over there in England. Everton, uh, as I mentioned, currently sit in 18th place. They are um, two points back with a game in hand over both Leeds and Burnley. Um, we will give you a little update. I believe Burnley has Aston Villa this weekend and Leeds has Arsenal. Um, yeah. I can pull it up right now. I just don't know. Um, yep. Yeah, no, Leeds that's right. Have, yep. Leeds have Arsenal. Um, is that on the, and I think it's on the road for them. Yep. They're on the road. That's on Sunday. That's the same time as the Everton game. Yep. 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 And then Burnley, I don't, uh, Aston Villa, you said, yeah. Aston Villa is who they have. Yeah. Um, but yes, a little bit about this Leicester-Everton matchup. 48% of the Premier League meetings between Leicester and Everton have been drawn. That's 15 out of the 31 times they met in the Premier League, the highest percentage of any of the 92 fixtures to have been played at least 30 times. Everton are looking to win consecutive um, away league games against Leicester for the first time since December of 1997 following their 2-0 win in, these, in this exact fixture last season, not this campaign, last campaign. 
Um, Leicester have alternated between victory and defeat in their last six Premier League home games against Everton. Um, their five previous home games against them all finished level. And Leicester are winless in their last four Premier League games, though at home the Foxes are unbeaten in six. They've won eight of their last nine against sides starting the day in the bottom three since a 2-1 home loss to Fulham in November of 2020. So a couple of things there for you guys to keep an eye on, but let's start. Let's talk about it. The radical ideas you may have, Calvin. This is what you would want to bring them up. Tell us what your ideas for the lineup this weekend. So let, 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 let's go back, and it's not that long ago, right? When we played Leicester, right, at Goodison Park, what happened that game, right? Everton had like a 10-day break, right? Leicester were coming yep. from having played in the Europa League um, and, you know, or what, European Conference League, right? And, and it, yep. it, was, it was like, oh, yeah, we should absolutely jump all over them. And we didn't. And we got overrun. Obviously, it didn't help that Leicester scored early. But it, it comes back to that, that whole thing that one of the reasons why Everton was just not able to make an impression in that game was because Richarlison just does not work that well against conventional center halves. And when we talk about conventional yeah. center halves, I'm talking about, uh, you know, like a four-man back line or two center halves. And especially when you have two big physical center halves, you know, Johnny Evans, was, I think, was lined up in that game, right? Richarlison just gets eaten up alive. He doesn't win aerials. He doesn't have anyone playing off him that he can go up and, you know, either win the ball for, and he struggles. And we were not looking like we were going to score in that game until, until Frank Lampard brought on Rondon because Dominic Calvert-Lewin was not fit for that game. He didn't start. He wasn't on the bench. Rondon came on and within seconds, I think Everton had their first shot on goal. I think Rondon won a header just outside the box, knocked it down. Richarlison, I think, let off a snapshot. Mm-hmm. Schmeichel saved it. But that was Everton's first chance. And I think that is the problem. When we play against conventional teams that have two center halves, two big physical center halves, Richarlison is just not going to win the ball enough for Everton to have a presence in the other team's half. So I, I really, really believe that the 4-3-3 is not the problem here. 4-3-3, 4-3, or 4-2-1-3, whatever, you know, 4-3-1 rather, is what we have here. But I really think if, 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 if Lampard has confidence in Calvert-Lewin, then he needs to start the game. Or if not, put Rondon on. Let Rondon play the first half. I think Rondon has actually shown enough physically that he needs to be given more than the 10, 15, 20 minutes that he's gotten in recent games. I, I, and, and so, in my mind, I would start Rondon in this game, right? Let, let him play up top. Let Richarlison play out wide left. And let uh, uh, Gordon go out right. And you know what? What's the worst that could happen? We get run over again. Okay, that happened against Leicester the last time too. So in that case, then you can make some tweaks. But if that doesn't work out, then fine, you know, pull off Rondon and either put Calvert-Lewin in or let Richarlison go to the middle, let Gordon switch back, you know, to the, or stay on the right and let Gray come on because Gray is good. Gray has pace. So I, I like the idea of, of, of Dimari Gray running against tired defenders. I, I think that, 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 that sounds like an interesting prospect. So yeah. I, I really want to see Lampard go to that model of having one of Rondon or Calvert-Lewin playing up front 
right from the get-go in this game, not when we need a goal 20 minutes to go in this one. Because I, I think Everton has shown, especially in away games, if we go behind early, it does not end well. I, I think the team just wills. So, uh, that, it, again, it doesn't sound as radical as I maybe made it sound, but I think a striker needs to play in this game. And it needs to be either Calvert-Lewin or Rondon. I think on current form, I would have Rondon start this one. Yeah, I totally agree. I do have a couple other radical ideas that, that have been brought up. I, you know, a couple things that, you know, if you don't want to start Rondon, um, and I'm not saying this is what they will go with, just a couple options that, you know, may be something sure. to think about in this match. Um, you know, say you don't want to bring on Rondon, you don't feel comfortable with putting Calvert Luna up there. You know, we could run, you know, last match we did, you know, the the infamous two-man midfield that did not work for a large part of the season did work against Chelsea. Maybe that's something that can work again here and maybe go with a 4-4-2 that, you know, drops into okay, yeah. you know, something um, more defensive um, on the defensive side of the ball just to get two people running and maybe take one of those defenders. Because like you said, when Richarlison's the sole striker there, um, I think that's a problem. Yeah. I think that's, that's an issue because he gets swallowed up by both of the center backs. But when he has another man that can maybe, if you want to put Demar Gray up there, if you want to put Rondon up there, whoever it may be, that may be an option to use if you go to a four-four-two, or an option that I think Kevin brought up that would be an interesting one. It's like one of those things that, like, if we weren't in the relegation zone, it would be fun to try. It was the false yeah. nine deli with, uh, you know, getting Richarlison <laughs> running down one side and 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 Gordon running down the other. I think that would be a fun one to try, but I think in the current position we're in, we can't do fun right now. Yeah. <laughs> but no. if you're looking to get a little... Yeah, I think... But... Um, I, think the, I think that's a very high-risk one, and I, I yeah. wouldn't do that against a team that moves the ball as well as, as well Leicester, because that's yeah. one of the things we know about Leicester is they pass the ball very yeah. well. They, they were just running rings around that, that good yeah. thing. So I... And, yeah, and I think... And I think that that's why you probably have to go with a three-man midfield because Leicester's midfield is very good with Madison. And we have to figure out a way. um, What was his name? Shrewsbury. uh, Shrewsbury Hall, yeah. He destroyed us the entire match. Last time we played. He did. That stuck out right right away. He was a guy who was consistently getting down and, and, and causing his problems. Uh, defensively, Absolutely. that's the guy we had to figure out how to wrap up. I think we, you know, we did a generally a pretty good job elsewhere, but he was really, I think, a big source of their attack. So if we could figure out a way yeah. to stop him from getting the ball and stop him from causing us problems. That could be a big step in the right direction as well. But I think you got to go with the three-man midfield. I think that it's hard to go with the two-man midfield just with, like you said, how well um, they they, you know, they, they pass the ball, maybe you go with a three-man yeah. midfield of, you know, again, you would have to sit um, either DeCorey or Wobi, but maybe go with a Delph Allen and then DeCorey or Wobi and send Allen to yeah. kind of shadow whoever that, you know, kind of, you know, is it Ndidi who's, the, who's, the, who's typically, um, you know, receiving that ball? Or um, I, I forget who the, uh, the center midfielder is for Leicester who typically receives – like the ball well, plays it, it depends. And so they've, they've been flexible, right? Because Dewsbury Hall's emergence has actually allowed James Madison to go out wide on the right 
and then that's that's where the danger really lies. And 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 Mikolenko, I think, as well as he did against Leicester last time, he found himself outgunned because that's that's yeah. that's that, that that's a lot of really good players he has to deal with there. So, um, but again, Leicester have depth, right? So even yeah. if they decide to rest a few of their players that you know went out against. Uh, Roma on Thursday. I, I I think they still have enough depth in there. Uh, whether it's Mendy and Tielemans, who I think seems to be their first choice. Yes, Mendy. Mendy is the guy I was right now. Of, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I'm trying. I I'm trying to pull up to see what Leicester went with against um, against Roma. They went with this was Thursday, which is yesterday recording on Friday. Their lineup had Vardy up top, actually. So they rested Iannaccio. Um, They did play Barnes, Lookman, Madison, Tielemans, Dewsbury Hall, um, then Justin, Evans, Fofana, and Pereira as the back four, the same back four that they went with against us and probably will go with again. Um, But yes, they they, they started with that and then transitioned into uh, uh, Castagne came off the bench, Amarte came off the bench, Perez came off the bench. Yeah, Um It doesn't. Um, I'm trying to think of. Oh yeah, Mendy wasn't even on the bench for this one, which is interesting. Um, so I, I don't know if there's an injury issue there with Mendy, but he was not on the on the bench for them in this match. Um, but yeah, you like you said, they have tons of depth. They can, you know, they started Lookman yeah. in this match. They'll they'll probably, you know, they. Uh, I, the, the guys who got subbed off are Barnes, Dewsbury Hall, and Pereira. So you know, those guys are going to be playing. Um, you know, Tielemans, Madison will all be playing. So Likely, they're, yeah. They're going to have, you know, it's going to be a, a good side that they put out there no matter who they put out there. So um, what problems do uh, Leicester cause us? I mean, it, it's, we've talked about this recently, but we'll go over it again. And, and how can we attack this Leicester team in a way that's, you know, I know we talked about it a little bit, but in a way that's different from, you know, that can yeah. get us a result that we need. So uh, again, I, I, I think we need to we need to not give them time on the ball, right? And and that starts with having a very unified press, right? From you know the the, the front, right? So, so from the front line. So whether it's Richarlison up top or Calvert Lewin or Rondon, we need to press as a unit. You know, hunt in a pack. That's what we did to Chelsea. That's exactly what we're gonna have to do here. Um, we're going to have to run our legs off in this one. There's, there's just no sugarcoating it, right? And, and when you look at it, we've got five games to play in 14 days, right? Because starting Sunday and then two Sundays from that is the end of the season. And we've got yep. five games to play in that time. We're playing Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday maybe, and then Sunday again. So there is that it's now or never, right? So if any player right now is like, yeah, I'm kind of holding back because I'm saving myself. No, you're not. You are going out there because every minute at this point counts, right? So we need, we, need to, we need to jump on them. We need to jump on them early. We need to be, you know, that press needs to be, like I said, unified. Uh, we, we can't have lackadaisical pressing from Gray on one side and then Gordon's running his behind off on the other. That's just not going to work. You know, Leicester passed their way out of trouble against yeah. us at Goodison. Um, the other option is, and this is one, this is the safe option that we've seen, you know, Lampard take, especially when we are away against better opposition, is just the low block, right? So two banks of four, 
right? And then it'll be either Gordon and Richarlison maybe up top or or Richarlison and Gray, and, and Gordon plays like one of the wide midfielders, and Gordon's got good work ethic. So, and then and then that and that in that approach, you don't press, right? You just give them the you know the midfield, and we're just going to sit in a low block. I, I think that's dangerous against Leicester. Uh, yeah. When you when you look at the riches they have, right? I mean, Vardy's back, right? I, I don't think he's fully fit yet. I watched a bit of their game against Roma. He didn't look like the old Vardy, uh, but Ihanacho. Again, excellent, excellent striker in in really good form too. Uh, Pat's in Dhaka. I think that was a steal that they got yep. over the summer. I think he's a really good forward as well. So their goals can come from from uh, they're dangerous in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. You cannot keep allowing James Madison to shoot, right? I don't care what form J- Jordan Pickford is in, but we were lucky, lucky, lucky against them last time around. I think Madison had a couple of shots that yeah. smacked the side netting. So, yep. geez, no, we cannot keep letting that happen. So, again, hopefully a couple of these guys are just tired. And at this point, I think, I, again, hopefully they're thinking about the beach and summer because I don't think they've got really anything to play for at this point. So, uh, I, I think that, that that's... <laughs> We gotta do this. We 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 gotta we gotta show the same intensity we played against Chelsea, which is difficult to do when you're on the road. But I also want to believe if we show that kind of intensity in the first half an hour, first half of this game, maybe even take a lead. I do wonder if the Leicester players at some point go, ah, you know what? Whoa, 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 we don't we don't care too much either, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that that might be the only way we get points. But yeah, it's, uh, again, this is gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. We it's. I think until we play Arsenal the last on the last day of the season, this is the most quality we're going to face. So we, we're, we're going to have to be careful how we approach it. You know, let's not pull a Spurs. Let, let's not try to play this expansive attacking game and then get completely decimated in the back because, man, they've got speed to burn. They've got Vardy who, you know, his, 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 his name of the game is counter-attacking for Vardy, right? So, yeah, let, 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 let's not fall into that trap against them. Yeah, it's... Um... You know, it's difficult. They have a lot of guys who can hurt you, which is a very similar situation to how Chelsea is. Chelsea does have a lot of guys who can hurt you as well. Um, and right. guys that are at least equally as talented if, I mean, I think a lot of people would argue are more talented um, in ways they can hurt you than the Leicester team. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, it, that's a big problem. But, you know, again, it's, it, it's really the intensity, I think, more than anything else. is the intensity and finding a way yeah. to – to to um, grind through the ebbs and flows of an away match without the home support. Um, those are the big things. Right. So if, if they can do that and they can weather those storms and and get an early goal, that would be a huge boost for them. Um, but you know you got to put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and I just looked. I was just looking at. Um, it looks like. Uh, Mendy play has played. He had a groin strain earlier in the season, but played every game up until this point in Premier League, and um, you know for the last I think ten matches or nine matches or whatever. So interesting to see if he is if he will be fit. Um, but yeah, your score prediction for this one, Calvin. Oh man! So we decided we're not going to be optimistic optimistic at all, nope. right? No, nope. we're losing four. <laughs> so not doing it. All right. Okay. All right. So, so here, here's my score prediction. Okay. 
Everton completely do what they do away, all right? So we're going to concede early. We're going to go behind. We're going to completely disintegrate. And we're losing this one 2-1. We're going to get a flukish goal in the second half. And yeah, it's, there's no reason for optimism whatsoever. So Leeds are going to smack Arsenal 7-0. Um, Burnley and obviously Steven Gerrard and Villa have nothing to play for. So that red is not going to do us any favors, right? So Burnley are going to, you know, whack Aston Villa 5-0, all right? So we're, we're absolutely losing this game. I say 2-1 and both Burnley and Leeds are going to have huge wins. <laughs> I mean, there's one thing I can count on and it's that somehow Burnley will win this weekend I can almost guarantee it. I don't know yeah. how but they will figure it out I, I can almost guarantee oh I know exactly how like I said Steven Gerrard is not going to do us any favors whatsoever right so he might field the U23s in this match All right yeah just, just yeah. for the hell of it just for the heck of it you know yeah. uh, I mean, like you said, what I do want to see though what I do want to see though is because at heart, I know Lucas Dinier is a blue and will always be a blue. So if Dinier plays this game, man, I, I would love for him to score in this game. That would be so sweet. Just a couple assists <laughs> to be good with. Him. I'll take anything at this point. I'll, yeah, we're, we're, we're sending Dinier's family a gift basket if he scores and then Villa win this one. And, and another thing that we haven't talked about, and just to bring up real quick, we, we need to find a guy who can take set pieces and corners and consistently put them in the box. <sighs> <laughs> that is probably the most fresh because those are most of the times we're going to score. So we need to figure that out. But continuing, I also agree. I, I think we're going to lose this match. I, I, I not, no positivity. We're going to lose this match 2-1. Um, you know, I think they'll play all right, but I think that they go down early and then I think they end up going down 2 nothing. They get a goal in like the 76th minute or something like that and just can't get the second. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, I think that's how it, how it plays out. But we'll see. Hopefully better, but we'll see. The, the biggest game probably of the season is the one after that. So we'll take a quick break. Yep. We'll come back with more on that match. All right, we're back and we're talking about the final match we're going to talk about today, um, the Watford match. Um, Everton, we will go travel to Vicarage Road um, and take on Watford, the team in 19th place. Watford effectively, like mathematically, not, not, not actually eliminated from the Premier League and relegated from right. the Premier League, but they're 10 points back now. We have a game in hand over them. Um, yeah. You know, they would need um, – they actually cannot – it would – you know, Leeds would have to lose every single match they have left, and Watford would have to win every yeah. single match they have left for them to catch Leeds, and Watford would have to win three of the next four matches and tie one of the matches. They can't lose – Watford lose any of the matches as they lose this this week this coming weekend. I think if Watford drop any points, I think they're done. I think if they even draw a single game from here on out, they're done. Well, yes, because um, if they draw a single game, then if they say they drew this weekend with whoever they're playing, I have no idea. Um, they're uh, well, they're the Palace. Palace. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. they're playing Crystal Palace. So if they draw to Crystal Palace, the only way that they can jump ahead of... Actually, that's true. Yeah, they're the only way they can jump ahead of us. They, it, there's literally no way for them to get out. So they literally are already relegated, which... 
Right. It, it's only just a mass at this point. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's physically no way they can get out of the relegation zone. I, I, it, it's physically impossible. So, um, you know, naturally Everton will play them and somehow find a way to lose to them. <laughs> just part of the theme of this, <laughs> this, uh, this episode. Oh, um, but Yes, Everton take on Watford Wednesday, May 11th, 2.45 over here, 7.45 in England. Um, this is a match Everton have to win, plain and simple. It's a match we have yeah, to yeah. absolutely, absolutely have to win. And we do not know what the lineups will look like come. We obviously haven't had Frank's press conference yet, so we still have to see that um, after this match against Leicester and see who's fit and whatnot. Um, but with what we know now, how would you line up against Watford? So, again, Watford might, especially if they drop any points this weekend at Palace, they, they literally are going to get relegated this weekend if they drop any points, right? So in that case, um, they're, they're only going to be playing this game to be spoilers, right? Um, I think since Roy Hodgson's taken over, I think they're very consistently playing like a 4-3-3. Um, so that's, I think that's a good match for us in the same that we should line up as a 4-3-3 as well. Uh, I, I, I am not particularly afraid of their center half. So if this is the game that Richarlison starts up top, I think I'm okay with that one. Um, again, if, if Rondon doesn't play too much of a part uh, on, on Sunday at Leicester, um, this is a good game for him to get some minutes um, because... I think some level of squad rotation is going to be very important in these last two weeks. Yeah. I just there is no way, even if the players stay fit, that we consistently play the same eleven for the next five games. I think that at some point the the, the drop off is going to be too steep, um, and this tired legs. It's it's been a long grinding season. It just it's tough, and so I think some level of squad rotation is going to be relevant required. But I think, like you said, I think this is a must win. Uh, if there's any game that we can pick up points away, it would have to be against Watford. Um, I am not going to say anything because Watford have lost five games in a row and likely will probably lose their sixth at Palace over the weekend. And so we're going to be going in playing a team that has lost six games in a row. And somehow we might still find a way to cock this up. So let's, yeah, let's just, nah, you know what? We're going to play like crap. It's, it's, it's Roy Hodgson, right? So we're going to play like crap. We're going to, we're probably going to draw or lose. And then some horrendous things going to happen, or it'll be like the freakiest kind of goal ever. But I mean, Watford are dangerous. And so when, when they pass the ball well, they're actually fun to watch. I mean, it's like playing leads, you know, leads are, are dangerous. Right when you play against them because they can score and they can score in bunches, but they also give up goals in bunches as well. So yeah. just uh, we need, we need again same thing intensity. We keep saying it right. We, we just we just need to play them with intensity, like like we want this more than they do. And honestly, if we just continue are are able to sustain that intensity through rotation through any means necessary, and that includes uh, I know a lot of the Everton fan groups are talking about. Um, having having the crowds, uh, you know, to to see the bus off tomorrow as they leave Goodison Park, and then having the away fans. I think we have allocations of two or three thousand at at each of our yeah. next few away games, and 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 making themselves heard, right? 
that goodness and atmosphere that we created, let's recreate that on the road. Let the players know we are there for them. Um, and, and, and just somehow find a way to maintain that intensity. Um, and and, and we, I, 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 we've got to come away from these next two away games with a minimum of three points. I think four would be better and six would be just dreamland, right? Because that's the one game we have in hand against Burnley and Leeds ahead of us. Again, Everton's future is still in their own hands because as long as we win that game in hand, we're going to leapfrog both Burnley and Leeds. I think the trouble comes if we draw that game in hand. In that case, now we're just one point behind both of them. And now our future is dependent on other folks. And, and that's provided, never provided, a of course, situation. Provided, of course, they both lose this weekend and whatever happens this weekend. Um, you know, would the, the, you know, so Burnley win this sure. weekend and we were, say, lose this weekend, then we'd be five points behind Burnley. And obviously that wouldn't make right. a difference. But yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Watford have given up more than a goal in every single one of their games since they um, drew nil-nil versus Man United on February 26th. Um, yep. So they've given up more than a goal in every single one of those games. Um, yeah. I, just looking, you know, again, not trying to – I think we need uh, – in our last five games, I think we need 10 points to s- – effectively survive um which would mean a draw against Leicester and a win wins against Watford and then Brentford and Crystal Palace at home I think you absolutely cannot lose Brentford or Crystal Palace at home I think you need to win both of those matches no we gotta Um, win our home games yeah the ideal situation would be to have this all wrapped up before Arsenal um Yes, because I don't want to be facing Arsenal, especially since they are still have stuff to play for. Um, they need to win right. that match as well. Um, so I don't want to be playing Arsenal at the Emirates on the last day of the season uh, with a chance to be relegated. Um, like I said, what yeah. this this weekend will have a significant impact on what needs to be done moving forward. Um, so, um, if we can win this weekend and Burnley and Leicester can, or Burnley and Leeds can lose, that would be a huge, huge jump. Cause then we'd be out of the relegation zone above both of them with that game and yeah. coming up against them, uh, which exactly. is the place. Um, and if you get a win there, then you manage to be four points ahead of them. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves because every yep. time I talk on this podcast about doing something <laughs> enjoyable or how things could possibly play out it never works out that way and like i said there's probably a very good chance and and if we're being real with ourselves and as we just discussed without being funny genuinely it it, it would be a a genuine miracle i think if we were to be able to beat lester on the road on sunday i think you hope for a draw and you pray for a draw and you go from there so um we'll see how it plays out, it's going to be very interesting. Before we wrap this up, um, we got a couple more things. First, how can Watford really hurt us? What's, what do we have to watch out for, and how do we break down Watford? Yeah, so again, I think Watford, uh, I think they play, uh, they, 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 they don't play like a side that's about to get relegated, but that's part of the reason why they are or very close to at this point. But 
Um, I, I think they're actually fun to watch. Uh, just I, I don't think they have, you know, player for player, the level of talent it requires to to make it in this league. Um, I, I think uh, I think Sar is by far their best player, right? I think Ismaila Sar. I know we've been linked with him a lot, lot of times, right? So he's obviously dangerous. I, I think he gets a lot of criticism for his lack of end product. Uh, but again, he, he's got pace, he's got trickery, and he tends to drift into dangerous spots. I, I think he's, he's the danger, danger man in that one. Um, that one's going to fall to Mikolenko if Mikolenko is playing uh, that one um, out at left back. Uh, so again, Watford played a 4-3-3. I think it's a good match for us, uh, the, the way we line up. Um, again, they've got a couple of midfielders who who are dangerous, right? Uh, and, and and so it's it's just we just gotta we gotta do we gotta be us and we gotta play our best game. Um, I worry against Watford. We might have more possession, and that scares me because we've seen what we do with possession, which is not always great. So I that I think that's my concern in that one. This is a game where we absolutely need to either have Donny Van de Beek healthy or play Deli Ali, I think. I think when we're talking about yes. with rotation, this is a match where you yep. need the creativity of one of those players. If not both of them, yeah. if you can yeah. find a way to get both on the team at a time. But um but yes. Sure. I think that's important. Obviously our good friend Josh King is on Watford. Um I don't think he's been starting for them, but always someone to watch. No, he hasn't. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. Emmanuel Dennis, I think, is their leading scorer. Um, so he's a a threat um, to watch out for. But you know, it, it's just got a goal. I mean, I, again, I, I think we could talk and talk about what how to win these matches and and what tactically what to do. But I think it's all going to come down to grit and 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 digging in. And, and not giving mm-hmm. up. I think that's especially on the road. Especially on the road. You just got to yeah. dig in and, and just hope for the – honestly, hope for the best. Dig in. Just take your chances when you can. And, yeah. and, and, and just make sure you're, you're you know, defensively sound and, and just, just putting 110% effort into it. I think that's going to make the difference between us getting relegated yeah. and us not getting relegated. Not what ha- – I mean, yes, obviously, you have to put the ball in the back of the net. But um, – yeah, you know, if you're if they're not, if they're going to go out there and have a lackadaisical first thirty minutes against Watford or against Leicester, it's going to cost them, or against Brentford, or against Crystal Palace, or it's, or against Arsenal. Yeah, not any one of those games. Yeah, it, it's yeah. going to cost them. So I think it's going to come down to that. So again, you know, how do you beat Watford? You give one hundred ten percent, and you know, maybe if yeah. one of those creative players is healthy, that's I, I think. Again, we, we talked to I, – I didn't really break down lineups, um, but I, I think, you know, if Donny Van de Beek or Deli Ali is healthy, I think against Watford you probably want to go with maybe, you know, you want to see Gordon and Richarlison able to get on the end of some of their passes. So you probably don't want to yeah. start on Don or, or Dominic Calvert-Loon up top in this match. Um, and, and I think if you can get in behind their defense – um, you know, with the Donny Van de Beek or Deli Ali playing passes to them, I think that's our best chance at success. Um, your score prediction, sir? I said we are absolutely negative, right? So we're we're gonna play like crap. Uh, Watford are gonna score some fluky goal where the ball hits four different players and ricochets off the back of Sixford's head into the goal. So yeah, Watford to win, nah, one nail, and we we we, we suck. 
Yeah, it'll go off the post and in off the back of Pickford and into the right off Pickford's behind or something, something equally horrendous. Anything I, I, we haven't seen this season at this point. I, I can't be hurt. I've seen the phantom goal for the United States of America kick them out of the World Cup, so I can't be hurt in any. You know, I can't. You know, it's, it's, I'm sure something like that'll happen. But yeah, I mean, right? I, I, oh god, the 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 pessimist in me wants to say a draw. It's the road. And genuinely, realistically, for us to predict anything better than a draw on the road is is hard to do because we haven't seen it. It is. When was the last time Everton? I I don't even know when the last time Everton won in a way match was. I genuinely have. Uh, We last won in September. I think it was September or August. And our last away point was Chelsea. Our last away point was Chelsea, which was. Still looking, still look like wait, all the way back in December. That was when that was the last. Yeah, when Rafa was still here. Yeah. Yep. And, and again, you know, it, it's 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 just it's hard to predict anything other than at best a draw in these situations because of what's happened. Yep. Um, but we'll see. I mean, listen, last time. You know, these Everton players will have, you know, fresh in their memories, I'm sure, a situation that, that really is hurting them right now. The last time they played Watford at home, when they had a 2-1 yeah. lead late, and they gave up four goals in the matter of 12 minutes and lost the right. game 5-2. So, you know, this, this, this yeah, is... Yeah, I, 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 really I really want Lampard to actually play the, the video for that full game, you know, whatever 95 minutes it took. And then make every player sit and watch that because if you think about it, we hold on to that two-one lead there, and that's three more points we would have had this season, and we probably would not be as far down. I mean, we'd, we'd be three points better off, right? And so, in front of again, both Burnley and Leeds at this point, with the game in hand, right? So you with know, the game then, in hand, so, then that you know, if they yeah. both lose this weekend, we tie and then win against Watford. That's four extra points on top of them, and all of a sudden we're sitting five points yeah. out of them with three games to play. Again, this is not a conversation we're having right now. So, yeah. So it's, you know, but again, you can pinpoint a bunch of those different situations. And I've said it over and over again. The one thing that Burnley have done tremendously well this season. And the one thing that Everton haven't been able to do is get at least one point. Burnley have a ton of draws. Haven't lost nearly as many games as Everton. Everton have lost more Mm -hmm. games. That's why they're in the situation that they're in. So, Something has yeah, to give here. Yeah. Um, if they want to stay up, you, you got to fight and they got to, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out. Um, is that it? Got anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to say? Yeah, this, I guess just a couple more things. And both of these are kind of off the pitch. You know, Frank Lampard got charged by the FA for improper conduct. Like, you know, seriously, uh, I'm, I'm going to get abusive here, so folks, cover your ears, but F you, okay? Seriously, F you, F-A, okay? You guys can absolutely take that and put it where the sun don't shine because that is BS. Every single manager in the league at some point has said something similar to that or along those lines. And, and, and to target Everton and to target Lampard right now, you know what? F you, Seriously, that is absolute BS. You know what? They can take their charges and stuff it because that is absolute crap. All right. So that's all to say on that one. Let's go on to Richard Listen and the whole thing about the smoke bomb. Okay. 
So again, I think the precedent has been set here because um, I think after Liverpool won the League Cup, uh, Harvey Elliott picked up a lit flare and I think he tossed it to a side and I think he got in trouble. I think it was after the game. Um, and, and so therefore, I think a precedent has been set that, oh, Richarlison needs to get some discipline. Um, first of all, I think look at the circumstances. That was not a flare. That was a smoke bomb. Okay. Again, anyone who's ever handled fireworks or a smoke bomb or something knows there is a very distinct and clear difference. A smoke bomb does exactly that. It creates smoke. That is not a fire hazard. That does not set on fire, all right? If that was a flare that he picked up and threw into the stands, okay, I can see there's maybe uh, some reason for uh, you know complaint there. Second point on that one, if you take a look at where Richarlison threw that, he did not throw that at, at another player. He didn't throw it at fans. He didn't throw it in any kind of situation that would have created any kind of uh, issue, right? So the fact that the police are investigating this, like what are they investigating? Are they investigating for arson? Like is, is Richarlison trying to burn Goodison down? Like, come on guys. So the fact that all of this BS is still going on, it, it just it just boggles the mind. It, it absolutely feeds into the theory that the Premier League, the FA, the, the universe has it in for us. Um, and you know what, that, that, that's BS. So I, I think both charges, accusations, whatever they are, are absolute BS, whatever, right? So again, that do not deserve any more like uh, ink in our papers, so. Yep, absolutely, absolutely, totally agree. Um, all right, I think that wraps it up for us. Calvin, thank you as always for joining me, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks um, for having me on, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, for you guys out there, thank you for listening again. Uh, just keep subscribing, keep uh, watching, keep uh, watching, keep listening, um, keep subscribing, keep downloading. Um, and, you know, let's hope we get some success here, but probably not because why do we have any happiness? Um, that's it. You're going to be negative, <laughs> but come on, you blues. <laughs> yes, come on, you blues. All right. Uh, that's it for us this week. And we'll talk to you guys next time.